This episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we have a five-star scoop, the number one player in the state of California. The number one player in the entire country per our rankings. Yes. Uh, his name our is Our official rankings, yes, that are officially out with only one yep. player on that list, our number one player, Peyton Watson. Coincidentally, he's also last on our rankings because, as you said, he's the only one. He's on the only rankings. one. We, he's uh, the only one on our radar. Peyton uh, so Watson is making his announcement. Uh, if, if, you, if you're very online, plugged into social media, you may have seen this already on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever else you get your social media garbage shoved in your face. We, we, he made his decision on Monday night. We were recording this on Monday. We, we did an interview with him, and we're going to run the interview with him where we talked about where he ultimately decided to go and – uh, you know, the, the, the process, what it's like being recruited as a five-star in 2020, all that kind of stuff. Uh, this is, this is the first like legitimate scoop for us. This is the first, what did I, how did I say it last show? Like the first time we're going to be aggregate, the first time people have to like credit as, yes. as said on Titus. Yes. And Tate. Hat tip to Titus and yeah. Tate. Yes. Yeah. Hat tip to TNT. They'll probably butcher it in some way, but they'll probably HT yeah. OSP at some point, but we'll take it. We're excited. It's a scoop. Rossi going to be upset. And that's the main thing that that's what we're here for to calls and stir some drama. So it'll they're going to, they're going to hat tip at Fox sports or something, which I, you yeah. know, we're team yeah. players. Yeah. We don't at, mind. SCBB on Fox. Yeah. It's fine. yeah. We don't mind. SCBB on Fox, but we'll, we'll take that. Uh, we're also going to, uh, have positive vibes. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, Tate, mm-hmm. but like the news this morning, uh, again, we're recording this. Not on great. Monday, so woke up to some bad news. MLB. Ee, mm-hmm. ugh. Uh, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like the NBA thing, it's going well so far. No problems except for Lou Williams going to strip clubs, but the NHL has no, no positive tests so far. All in all, just kind of like a weird vibe. Um, people are now worried about whether, what this means for college sports, because what we're seeing is that the bubbles work, the not bubble which is to say the MLB is not working. What's going to happen with college sports? I have a fix. I have a, I have a way to save college basketball. Me and Rick Pitino, we're going to put our brains together. It's going to be a meeting of the minds, and we're going to save college basketball. So I'm going to break that. I can't down. wait. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's going to be a, <laughs> I mean, yeah, at this point, right, you know, positive vibes only. It's a hard trope to live up to. And yeah. uh, we got the headlines today. They were not in our favor, but we're doing our best to to uh, deviate from the original plan and figure it out. It's going to be good. We, we are going to figure it out. Uh, that is on the docket today. But first, Peyton Watson scoop. He takes the timeout. All right, take the big news in the sports world this morning. Uh, 14 different people involved in the Marlins organization have tested positive for coronavirus. This is, I guess... Positive vibes only. Positive vibes only. They took it literally. I guess this qualifies as an outbreak. I'm not a scientist, but I I would assume that 14 people on a team of, what do they got, 30-man roster plus a few coaches. That feels like not great. Uh, And everyone's kind of panicking, not just because guys are getting it because like you know guys in the nba bubble were getting it or or before they went to the bubble like this isn't news obviously this isn't new that uh professional athletes are getting this thing what is news and noteworthy and and the reason we're all like panicked is because mlb is a team sport that is not in a bubble and nfl as it currently stands 
NFL, college football, college basketball, basically every sport that's not MLS, NBA, or uh, NHL is planning on playing or having some sort of fix to, to salvaging a season. But they're tr- as of right now, they're trying to do it without a bubble. Um, and MLB is the test case. And we are four days into the season, five yes. days into the season. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and, and to put it into context as how irregular and wild the season is, 2020, I repeat, 2020 is the first MLB season without a team starting 3-0 since 1954, a mm. team starting 0-3 since 1961, a 3-0 start or an 0-3 start since 1953. And shout out to James Smith for that stat. So it is 2020. Times are wild. And like you said, I mean, you just look at the numbers four games in. We already have something we've never seen before. So uh, it is uh, – those are the MLB headlines. As, as it turns out, MLB's plan of uh, testing once every whatever it was, three weeks, and then sending the results to, to, to some Mormon ranch in Utah by the Pony Express. Yes. And then getting it back a month and a half later. Uh, not the best way to combat coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Who, who saw mm-hmm. that coming? That the, the MLB, uh, yeah, it's 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 an absolute bummer. I don't positive vibes only. What what have you enjoyed? So the season's probably over. What what did we like about the season this year? I thought I thought Kyle Hendricks looked great. I think he's got a win. A, he's got a case for Cy Young. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was really impressed by the way he pitched for the Cubs. Uh, Nelson Cruz on the Twins. Good to see him hitting three home runs. Um, I think he, he's he's got to be the AL MVP. Uh, quite quite an eventful season of three games. But if there was any team in MLB for this to happen, if if I would have told you before the start of the season, mm-hmm. pick a team that's going to cause the outbreak. Marlins. What's the season? It's got hundred percent. We all knew it was the Marlins as soon as the story came out. It was uh, everything we thought it would be. And the I mean, one of the best parts about it is that the Marlins have had a good start to the year. You know, what I mean, yeah. they're playing pretty well. So. Yeah. Uh, you ask things I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss parody. You know, everyone wants parody in their leagues. And <laughs> it's the college we finally got at the MLB. The college basketball season. There's like everyone thinks they had a shot. Everyone was like, everyone was anyone either in won. first place or a game back of first place because the other played. Free. Except for the Mets. Like the only team yeah. that knew that it was a bad year were the Mets. The Mets were like, uh, can we get out of this season? Yeah. Let's pull out. So yeah. okay, that's where we are. That's baseball. Positive vibes only. Let's talk about the college basketball part because, okay, like I said, I think everyone's panicking about what this means for sports at large, given that it's it's hard for what, what bubble system could possibly work for college sports. And I, I think I have a fix for college basketball. Stick mm-hmm. with me. First of all, we bubble it up. Bubbles are the only way. You have yep. to find a bubble. I think at this point, it's become clear. Uh, no one quite understands how bubble technology works, but there's something magic about bubbles. You put bubbles. Yes. You put people in bubbles. We're all good. So we have to figure out a way to to bubble up college basketball. Here's my plan. So so this is the this is the college basketball bubble solution courtesy of Mark Titus. Yeah, yeah, cuz I think okay. I think the idea of if if college basketball is going into the season by if, if you're just kicking the can down the road saying let's just start later, let's just start later, let's just start later, but you don't have a plan for a bubble, it's not going to work. That's what that's what mm-hmm. I've landed on. Mm-hmm. I I just don't I believe in bubbles. I'm a bubble okay. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a bubble guy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, expand, um, expand on the bubbles. So, so I think I think we do it this way. We do bubbles. Um, and the the big uh, limiting factor to this right now is that if you put if you put college athletes in a bubble, you're not sending them to classes. Uh, and and we, we have to we have to go back and forth with like, are these guys athletes or are they students? And we have mm-hmm. to keep up the guise of them being student athletes because the NCAA has made their bed where it's like these guys aren't professional athletes, so we don't have to pay them. Um, and now, weirdly enough, it would, would have been great for the NCAA if they were professional athletes. Mm. And they could have 
Yep. And they wouldn't have to deal with all this. But I think if all of the classes, if all the, if most of the colleges across the country are going online anyway, can't, can't the basketball players be in bubbles and just take their classes online from within the bubble tape? So let's start there. Mm. I okay. say yes. If you're asking me, I yes. say yes. <laughs> so I we bubble. Yes. Here, here, here's, here's my schedule. I'm thinking we start the first full week of January, the, the first week of January. I mean, Saturday, January. Coach Patino, is that you? <laughs> Stick with me. Right. Okay. Okay. We're in January. We start in January. I'm hurt because we've missed the Maui Invitational, but it's all right. No, 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 no. Okay. We start January 2nd is the first day of the season. It's a big thing. We, we do a big blow. Everyone's in the bubble. They're locked in. Um, second, <laughs> second semesters are starting across the country, whatever, right before the second semester start. So everyone goes to their, but the bubbles are wherever basically you play your conference tournaments. And I guess the yeah. smaller conferences that play in their little, I haven't really, I'll be honest. I haven't really thought through about the smaller conferences, but I'm sure we can find little cities that they can, mm-hmm. they can little bu- bubbles within bubbles, yeah. bubbles within bubbles, mm-hmm. bubbles all the way down. But the, the major conferences we play in, in wherever, basically wherever the conference tournaments are usually held. It, make it simple. Big 10, just go to Indy, you know, ACC, you can go to Bayheim, go to Greensboro. <laughs> go to Greensboro. <laughs> On down the line, yep. you bubble it up. So the season starts January 2nd. I think the bubble lasts for eight weeks. You play until Saturday, February 27th. So you go January 2nd to February. That's an eight-week bubble. You have to commit to spending eight weeks in a bubble. And the schedule looks like this. You, you only play every, you play every team in your conference once. That's it. It's just one game against everyone in your conference. It's conference only. The conference champions are the only ones that make the NCAA tournament. We go back to the old school way where mm. you have to win the conference. We have it clear as day. These are the teams that, like, everyone in the ACC plays each other once. Whoever wins, it becomes like a football situation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Every game matters a ton. Uh, whoever wins makes the NCAA tournament, right? So mm-hmm. we, we do it that way. Uh, the ACC would have to play the most games because they have 15 you know, like there's imbalance because the Big 12 has 10 teams. So you played nine games. Yep. The ACC has 15, 15 teams, I think. Yep. 15. So you play 14 games. But if we give eight weeks and you're playing two games a week, you still get a bye week with 14 games, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're good here. So all we have to do is bubble <laughs> so up. <we're> for, <laughs> we have to bubble up for eight weeks. At the end, one, one team gets the bid. Uh, in the event of ties, use whatever tiebreakers we use for like seeding the the conference tournaments already head to head. And if it's like a three way tie, it's like your record against the other two teams, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just all the way, figure that out. One team gets in. So then, after so on February twenty seventh, the regular season ends. We have our thirty two teams from thirty two conferences. Which, by the way, that's perfect. We have thirty two conferences. So if every team gets one bid, that it, it lines up. We got like a it's it, it's a perfect tournament. It's not like a weird number where it's like you know, 27. And then we have to figure out what to do with buys and whatever. So I think we take on February 27th, I think we take three weeks off. I think the first week we take off is for everyone to go home and visit your family. Cause like, mm. if, if you're asking these guys to spend eight weeks, they need, they, these, they need these to, are student athletes, right? Are student athletes. Yeah, of course. So the first week you go home and visit family and then we have a two week quarantine, and then you come back and we do the two week quarantine. So it's like three weeks off, right? Mm-hmm. Which would put us at March 20th is the Saturday, if, you're, if we're doing three weeks after the 28th, or the 27th, I'm sorry, um, March 20th would be uh, uh, the first day we can practice. And then I think the tournament starts March 25th. So you got five days, you do like a three week off, you come back, you got like five day runway to like practice, scout, get ready for the tournament. Then it starts 25 through the 28th. 
And then the Elite Eight games are on March 31st. The Final Four title is April 3rd, April 5th, like normal. It all works out. So then, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I forgot the best part, the, 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 the NCAA tournament. So we, we do the regular season of bubbles all across the country. Then when the NCAA tournament happens, we take those 32 teams and we bubble them up in Maui tape. That's the Maui invitation. <laughs> oh, That's okay. in the 32 teams to Maui. Mm. We do the bubble there, and then we run it on those days. Yeah, March 25th through 28th. It's Thursday through Sunday. That would be like normal. We'd have four straight days where you do eight games on the 25th, eight on the 26th, four on the 27th, four on the 28th. Bam, 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 bam. And then I, we got to squeeze in like the Elite Eight games. So that's going to have to be on the Wednesday. So that would be like a three-day three, three day rest, four-day rest. for That's all right. Yeah, four-day. We'll say four And then days. the that's following right. Saturday, we get back on the normal schedule of the Saturday-Monday Final Four national title game. And it's all from Maui. And it's all from the Ohio and Civic Center. And then and the champion is crowned in Maui. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lowest it, rate of corona in the country as far I, – I, I don't know if that's true, but they have a very low rate. I think, I think Hawaii is the lowest, right, or one of the lowest. So They're one of the lowest. They're in quarantine, yeah. and we're all good. And if Hawaii doesn't work for some reason, do it in like I, – I think Lawrence, Kansas has to be the backup. We play in mm-hmm. Fog Island Fieldhouse. It's the center of the country. Lawrence is kind of away from Kansas City. I don't think Kansas has a ton of cases compared to the rest of the country. That's my plan. So – or, or we go full Naismith and we go to Canada and we do it there. Uh, mm. <laughs> and we pay homage to the game and uh, all the Canadian, you know, but college basketball fans, they finally feel like they're engaged. We get one of those teams to come in and play. We get our Canadian correspondent back. And uh, yeah, I like the idea of Maui. I like the idea of in the Wikipedia NCAA tournament annals, it looks at 2020 or 2021, and it says that they played the championship game in, in the Lahaina yeah, yeah. Civic Center. With no fans, and you know UCLA won the title, and it was this great moment, and everyone was excited. And so, I like that. Uh, this would work in so far as it's bubbles. The bubbles are intact. I think the bubbles are good. I think the bubble plan is sound. Obvious hurdles. Um, you're asking unpaid players to leave their families for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the schooling part of it all. Uh, the resources in and of itself, like conducting a bubble is easy for the NBA when they're making a billion dollars, but can the swack put on a bubble no. <laughs> for eight weeks? I don't think they have the finances, uh, but who cares? Forget all that. That's for the, that's for the smarter people. To <laughs> that's um, for the account accounting department's yeah. like, what are we doing? They're like bubbles yeah. everywhere. And they're like, uh, <laughs> we, we, we've done the numbers. It says $150 billion. And they're yeah. like, run them. Figure it out. Yeah. It. Just take out the loan. Just get a credit card. Yeah, yeah. Run it. Let's do it. I don't know. I, I was trying to be positive vibes only and, and try to figure out a plan because... That sounds I, like a, the best case scenario plan, honestly, as far as it ending in Maui, it's starting in January, us having a season. Uh, and it, it, It's one of those plans. It so makes sense. There's if, a chance. It makes sense if you don't think about it. I'll just mm. put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> the scheduling it, all makes to, sense. To, like, to wrap it all back around, it's a lot like the MLB. You know, they're like, they're like if you yeah. don't think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Don't think about it too much, and it makes a lot of sense. But that is that is my official plan that I'm putting forward. Play ball. Is you only play the conference games. You only you play every team in your conference once. One team gets in. I like the idea of that. Like, I think – I, I think we got to adopt that rule no matter what happens is uh not permanently, but just for during the pandemic times. During the conference only times. It, it we got to like do that's the answer. one yeah, team, one bid only for every league. That's I'm down for that. That would be so dope to go back to those days just temporarily. And then it just means more too, because that year we'll all remember who won the big 10 and who won the ACC, because that was obviously the one representative we saw in the tournament in Maui. So it'll, it'll stick in our mind. And then like, uh, there's a three-way tie at the top and Michigan state and Ohio state and Michigan all tie. And then Michigan state gets to go. And then 
they lose in the first round and Ohio State Michigan fans just lose our minds about how we we would have definitely they would have won it all. Yeah. yeah, we would have won it Look all. Look at the path. Screwed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Look what Kim Pom says. We would have beaten all these teams. Yeah, we, how come they get in when we were higher on Kim Pom? Uh that doesn't make any sense. That's my plan. I don't know. That's a great I plan. I, I just want I mean positive vibes only. I, I want a plan to come out. You know what I mean? I yeah, want someone is, to at least have a plan. And it feels like you're even thinking more than maybe we've heard from anyone else. Uh, <laughs> that's who the should scariest, be the and scariest that's, part is I think I have the best plan so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, at least the only plan I've heard uh, all the way to the end of the season. So if, if, kudos to you for piecing it together, but also yeah. where where art thou leaders? Where Where is Condoleezza Rice? Yeah. Can you help us right now? Every other plan is just, now, now hang on a second. Let's just wait and see. Let's just <laughs> gather more data. Are we sure it's that bad? Yes. Are we sure? Yes. yes. Um. Okay, it's still that bad. Okay, mm. now let's gather more data. Give it, give it another week. Let's see. And meanwhile, let's... there's just a guy there, and he's like slowly stenciling a, a bubble. He's just like drawing yeah. a circle. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Lou Williams going to the strip club. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Magic City is, is a uh, something that I learned about via Young Jeezy uh, as a rap fan uh, early on in my life, and I learned about that. And it continued with Future and all these other rappers in Atlanta. It's obviously a cultural staple, but if you're Lou Williams, you are the king of Atlanta, and I don't say that lightly. So Lou Williams moves how Lou Williams moves. I don't like people snitching on him. I don't like that he was in a picture that they got that you know ended up being a snitching situation. I do like that Jack Harlow the next day said it was an old picture. It was a TBT moment. I like the cover up of the whole thing. I, I like that they tried to cover it up. And then I also like the fact that Lou Will is just on Twitter today, basically saying, yeah, why are you mad at me? Like, I got chicken wings and Kendrick Perkins shut up. Everyone else shut up. I'm following protocol. Leave me alone. And uh, Lou Will forever, basically. Is what I'm What's some prayers to Rashawn Holmes, though, who yeah, took two steps, two steps over the line to get Postmates and has to spend 10 days quarantine. And then Lou Will gets to go to the strip club. And it's the same punishment. It's yeah, the same protocol. It, it, it is pretty funny that, like, you know, those two guys, like, if you're Rashawn Holmes, you're probably really regretting the fact that you jumped back over the line. You're like, I might as well just enjoyed myself. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what that I think that's what's going to happen is guys are going to like start tiptoeing around the bubble and then they're going to look up and be over the line and they're just going to go, well, I guess I'm going to go to strip club now. And then just go, <laughs> I guess I'm going to spend the rest of the day. I'm not running back to the bubble immediately. Are you crazy? Yeah. I, I, I think, I think it starts with something as harmless as the Lopez brothers have returned or been seen at Disney world. You know what yeah. I mean? There's a picture and it's like a Bigfoot picture and it's like Robin Lopez getting caught at Disney world. And then that's how it breaks. And, uh, that's 10 days. I, th- I can't believe Lou Williams only got 10 days because when it happened, I thought he's a moron, not just because he did this, but because he Lou Williams feels to me like the sweet spot, the, the worst case scenario sweet spot of a player's um, status in the league where he's good enough and famous enough that he, if he goes to Magic City, I, I know it's his buddy that took the picture or whatever, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. people are going to spot him anyway. And like, like people know who he is when you see him on the street. He's that good and that famous or whatever, but he's not – Good. I it, I didn't think I didn't think he was good slash famous enough to to get away with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to, to come mm-hmm. back and just be like, come on, and call Adam Silver and be like, come on, Adam, come on, it's not that big of a deal. And then because you know they're a guy like super, we we know about the superstar treatment in the NBA. He's not a superstar, so he wasn't getting the superstar treatment. He, he, to me, he was like in the worst area of like because if if I, you know we love Kyle Guy on this program, but if mm-hmm. Kyle Guy is going if he breaks the bubble and goes he goes do whatever he wants there's not people like taking pictures of him and putting it on the internet and like he's not getting the spot blown up maybe virginia um, tech fans but yeah, yeah 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 auburn fans but lou will was like in that 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 territory where i was like man that sucks 
for you. But then you, it, it, you get it, the same punishment. It is, it is true, though, in a sense that, like, if you punish Lou Will, then you risk losing the streets. Uh, like, the people <laughs> yeah. love the people love Lou Will. And it's kind of like an Allen Iverson situation where, you like, he's so lovable, and we all are like, oh, come on, Lou. You know, like, it, <laughs> and it's one of those where if you, if you punish him, then that doesn't really reflect the fact that, you know, we all love Lou Will. We know he means well, and all he really wanted was some good food. And I think at the end of the day, we all understand that. Can we make that the title of this episode? If you punish Lou Will, you lose the streets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. I mean, you don't, I mean, they don't want to play that game. And uh, I, I applaud the NBA for uh, just, just saying it's a 10 day. Quarantine is worse than people or not. I mean, we all know how bad quarantine is, but isolated 10 day quarantine is not the most enjoyable. It's not nothing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's not nothing. nothing. Like that blows. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that would be horrible. Um, But again, like if, if I wasn't positive vibes only, I would, I would stay here. Like I would sit here and I would say to myself, okay, you're asking a guy to now not leave his room for 10 days when he couldn't even stay away from a strip club for, (laughs) <laughs> he's gonna that's be the problem fine. i have is like he's gonna be fine he, there's no way he's we, leaving that room we're making he's sure he's in. not leaving the room okay all right he's locked all in. Right. they're all locked in until the lopez brothers go to disney World. <laughs> until something like that happens because then that opens the floodgate uh but we're, oh, good, for now, we're good for now i think uh baseball oh, in jeopardy yeah I, I i i'm not super optimistic about that but uh as as it pertains to the rest of the sports i just gave you a solution for for college basketball i don't know how college football is gonna do it there's too many guys there's too much equipment there's we need practice fields and all that. That's that becomes a logistical nightmare. All right, let's get to it. Uh, Peyton Watson, five-star recruit, number one recruit in the state of California. We had him. Uh, we we conducted the uh, selection show, if you will. His his announcement. Um, it came out on Monday night. We did a little interview with him as well. So this is it. This is our interview with him, and, and you'll hear at the start him making his decision, and then we uh, talked to him a little bit about it. All right, quick break to talk about DraftKings. Tate Sports are back. We're, we're excited about it. Uh, no matter what happens with the MLB situation, sports are starting to trickle back. The, the, the NHL and the NBA have figured out, and that is exciting because DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting. It is a legitimate sports book based right here in the U.S., so you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure. DraftKings is America's top-rate sportsbook app. It is safe. It is secure. It is reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience And right now you can place a $25 bet on who you think will be crowned the champion at the end of the NBA season before tip-off of the first game, and you will get a $25 free bet to use on a single game for the first two days of the resumed NBA season. That's right, bet $25 and get $25. New users also can get a sign-up bonus for up to $1,000, so go right now, head to the app, and check out all that DraftKings has to offer, including player props, live betting, and so much more. If the sportsbook is not available in your state, don't forget the DraftKings Fantasy app for this weekend's golf. They are offering a share of $1 million. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TATE when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus for up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter code TATE when you sign up. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. It is without a doubt a summer that will look different this year. It is. It has been very strange at this point. Festivals, weddings, just going to brunch with friends all seem like a thing of the past. 
But just because our plans might change doesn't mean our summer has to be canceled. Summer is still out there. We just have to work a little bit harder to make summer moments happen. And Coors Light wants to be right there with you by making it easier to chill this summer, starting with its new chill summer can featuring sunglasses that turn blue when the beer is cold and ready to drink. Coors Light is brewed with a three-step cold process, cold lager, cold filtered, and cold packaged, so it is actually made to chill Both the mountains and the sunglasses on the new limited edition summer cans will turn blue when they are chilled to perfection. Born in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado in 1978, Coors Light is refreshing, it is crisp, and it is only 102 calories. That's why Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need a moment of chill and when I need a beer to shotgun on the show. Uh, Me and Myers Leonard, big time Coors Light guys. When you need to reset this summer, reach for a beer that's made to chill. You can have Coors Light delivered directly to your door by going to get.coorslight.com and finding local delivery options near you. That is get.coorslight.com to have Coors Light delivered directly to you. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We are here with Peyton Watson, the number one recruit in the state of California, a five-star from the class of 2021, set to make his college commitment. Peyton, before the big announcement, I want to get a gauge of your emotions right now. I'm sure this process has been fun in some ways, maybe a little stressful in others. Uh, as you sit here today, you, the, the finish line is in sight. <laughs> what is going through your brain right now? Uh, man, I'm just super excited to get it get it over with, kind of uh, get ready and get focused on the school that I am going to. And from there, just go on and uh, get ready to get to that next level. I mean, we've been waiting for this for a long time. We've been doing this recruiting process for a while, so... I'm super excited for everybody to know. And, and Peyton, all eyes are on you today, right? And But we have to ask, you talk about the process and the parents are involved in the process. And, and just from the parents' perspective, is it, is it a relief for you guys to get to this point where, you know, last summer, not that many people knew about Peyton. He kind of blew up on the scene and now we have a decision day. What has this last year been like for the for you guys watching Peyton go through this this whole experience? I would certainly characterize it as, as relief. But, we're, I mean, we're, we're, we're very happy with the process. I mean, it, it's been a pretty quick process seeing as though it, it initiated like maybe last year, uh, this same time. So it's almost kind of been like a whirlwind. So getting to know all these coaches, um, you know, different, different players all across the country. Uh, I mean, it's just really been an amazing experience. And to be honest, I, th- that wasn't my expectation that it was going to happen like this, but we're very pleased. And, we're looking forward to his announcement today. You described it as a whirlwind. The whirlwind is now set to uh, calm down a little bit for you as as you're you're making your decision. Uh, Peyton, how are we going to do this? What uh, do do we have hat? Are we that we're going to put on? Are we going to do a banner? I'm always curious how how guys decide I'll to make their be, announcement. like what, how how ridiculous is going to yeah, be? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a commitment. Uh, the other day, a guy put a a, a mask on with the with the logo on. <laughs> I saw. How are we? How are you doing it today? I mean, I'm gonna just keep it simple, old fashioned. I'm gonna just put a hat on, let you guys know where I'm going. Well, with that being said, the floor is yours, Peyton. Go ahead whenever you're ready. Uh, after uh, talking and contemplating with my family for a long time, uh, we have decided that I'll be attending UCLA. Next wow! Year. Wow! Oh, nice. I love mom's got the yellow hat. Fantastic, uh, Peyton. So you're you're a, a Long Beach kid. Your family, obviously, you guys live in Long Beach. Um, Mom, does this mean uh, he's staying so close to home? Is is he still allowed to bring home his laundry? Is is this a thing? Are you trying to get him like stay up in L.A. like go do your own thing? What, what what's the vibe here now? He can definitely bring home his laundry. I won't be doing it, but he can bring it home. Okay. <laughs> do it himself. Um, I'm happy to stay at home so we can get a chance to make more of his games. That's okay. important. 
and then also so that he can get a chance to see some of his little brother's games. But uh, I think it's far enough where he can have some independence. Okay. And and Dad, I have to ask, I mean, last summer we, we had Grand Canyon, Montana, Santa Clara. Those were the three schools that had offered Peyton. And then he goes to USA camp and he gets the, the high major offers. Did you expect last summer at this time you would look ahead and say, hey, Peyton's going to play basketball at UCLA. That's pretty cool. It is crazy. And I was just actually telling this story to someone yesterday. Going to Camp USA, I was a nervous wreck because that was the <laughs> major camp we had ever participated in. So, you know, you, yeah. you have your insecurities. You're like, is, is Peyton really this good? You know, can he really compete with the top players in the country? And when we got there, um, he just showed up and showed out. I mean, he, he really had a great performance there. And from that point forward, I, I felt really confident about, like, you know, the direction he was going. Yeah, but totally to go from Grand Canyon and, and Montana, which are great universities, uh, where we are now is really amazing in a year's time. Yeah, but come on. It's not it's not UCLA. Well, congratulations, Peyton. Congratulations to the whole family. Uh, we're going to ask the parents to to step aside. They got another son to worry about. Christian, yeah, Christian's up next. Peyton, you're old news. You've made your commitment. You're going to UCLA. They got to go do the whole process with your brother now. So we're going to go let them uh, deal with him. We want to talk to you a little bit, though, now about... Uh, Take a break, guys. You deserve yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see you guys. <laughs> So what, what specifically about UCLA won you over, Peyton? Was it just the location? Was it just that it was close to home? Anything else uh, that, that factored into this decision? No, nah, um, just for us, it checked all the boxes. Um, in every aspect, it um, built what we needed. Because um, it's not only a basketball decision, it's a life decision as well. So life after basketball is something we talk a lot about in my household. Um, and eventually that ball's going to stop bouncing. So I feel like my my education at UCLA, my ability to come back if I do leave early and get that degree and set me up for life, uh, it's, it's a big deal. As far as basketball goes, um, I love the coaching staff, Coach Cronin, Coach Rod Palmer, all the staff. Um, they've been extremely generous to my family, extremely, extremely hospitable and just always giving us the truth and nothing but that. So that's why we decided at UCLA. Peyton, I have to ask, right? You go to UCLA, you know, Titus and I, we're, we're a big Pac-12 program here. We love to talk mm-hmm. about Pac-12 basketball. You're a West Coast guy, right? You're from Long Beach. You go to UCLA. Growing up, did, did you hear about the allure of UCLA? Did you hear about the 11 titles? Did you hear about John Wooden a lot? Or is this a, a new age fandom that you found with UCLA just through the recruitment process and all those sorts of things? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, my family has been a UCLA family for the longest. My uncle attended UCLA. Um, I grew up watching their basketball in the Pac-12. Um, I know about their history from from as young as I can really remember. I've been hearing about UCLA because I just have that much of a basketball family. So I knew I always knew growing up, growing up that if I had the chance to go see to UCLA, it'd be something that I really have to consider very hard. So um, to be in that position and be blessed enough to actually attend the university is is super mind blowing to me, especially given where I was just year ago so um, yeah for context for for those listening or watching that that haven't necessarily been following you closely a year ago you you were what three inches shorter was it you were you were uh, tate already brought up the, the the level of interest you were getting how much has your life changed i want i want to talk more about the process of of what this last year has been like for you going through a recruitment because i think like a lot of uh, the, the general public if you pay attention to the news college basketball recruiting seems to be the sleaziest thing on earth it seems to be just like the dirtiest shadiest <laughs> like there's not an honest person involved. <laughs>
love. Did you feel that as you're, as someone who just went through it, you're a five-star prospect, like all, as, as the public reads all these headlines, you're the type of guy that like would typically be in the center of all this shady, sleazy stuff. Is that something you felt along the way? Like, did you ever like stop and look around and say like, what is this business? Or was it just mostly smooth sailing for you? Uh, it's had, it's definitely had some questionable and up and up and down. <laughs> But I was raised right. I mean, my parents did an amazing job with me. I mean, at least that's what everybody tells me. But <laughs> yeah, um, so I don't really, I never really focused on that. One thing I tell people is that I just hoop. I go out yeah. there and I go out there on the court, giving my all. I don't really pay attention to the outside noise because when you do, you get enveloped in it, and it it can take over your mental. So just staying mentally strong and uh, getting through it, knowing that. At a, at a certain point, this high school stuff is going to end and that we got to get out of this, as you would say, sleazy college um, yeah. type of thing. So. Uh, you, you mentioned how you're not chasing clout and you're not concerned about being a five-star. You, you're still just like this unknown guy with the chip on his shoulder. I'm fascinated. I th- th- One of the most fascinating things in all the world of college basketball to me is the recruits who like put out their lists of these are my top 17 schools. And my, my announcement of my top 13 is coming in six months. Stay tuned. And then they put like the eye emoji with the tweet. And then this is just a whole process that goes on and on and on. You did not do that. You basically like, even as you made the announcement today, I had people hitting me up, like what schools are he, is he even considering? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. We're going to find we out. We apologize, Kentucky fans. Kentucky yeah. fans are very um, So <laughs> now that your parents aren't sitting right beside you, Peyton, be honest. Was this was this your decision to not do to not uh, have a tipped and edit like graphic where like the ball's on fire and like you know like your muscles are photoshopped uh, and, and tweet that? Was this your decision or was this your parents saying like we're not going to do that? Well, um, it's kind of a collective decision. I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't have that much more than twelve offers, so to be putting out a top twelve. <laughs> I don't think any of the guys do. I think they just like make their list anyway, whether they've been offered or not. I think that's how they do it. But for us, it was just about the schools that um, the schools that were recruiting us and really showing us love. Um, we were focused on them just as much as they were focused on us, because at the end of the day, you got to do your research on the schools and the programs to figure out which one is the best fit for you as a person, what's the best cultural fit, mm-hmm. best academic fit. So, that's just what we focused on. Um, and yeah, that's how we got down to it. Peyton, I have to ask because you have a lot of mentors in your life. I think your your grandpa played in the ABA. Um, so you've been around basketball, but Trevor Reza is another person that came up as as someone that's mentoring you and keeping an eye on you. And j- just having those guys in the basketball circles that are that are watching over you. Kevin Durant came to one of your high school games. What does that feel like just being, you know, of that younger generation and having those older generations, you know, reach out and latch onto you and want to see you do well and succeed? Oh, man, it's big time. Um, the biggest thing for everybody, I say, is confidence. So just knowing that you got those OGs behind you pushing you, the ones who have already done it, whether that's Trevor, BD, Matt Barnes, all those guys who are from UCLA, that was another big part of my decision, just knowing that I had a community and I had a family around me, um, just watching what I do, pushing for me, and uh, just only wanting the best for me. So it's really important to me. And be honest, how much did those guys get in your ear about going to UCLA? You mentioned Matt Barnes, Trevor Reza. I can't help but notice that they're also UCLA Bruins. And in all seriousness, like the, the overall decision, how much of it would you say uh, – 
is uh, like, obviously you want to go to UCLA, but at the same time, I'm sure other people are offering their input. I'm sure even mom and dad are like offered their thoughts and, um, you know, friends probably offer their thoughts. I'm sure Trevor Reza offers his thoughts. How much of it do you weigh? Like ultimately this obviously was your decision, but like how much do you, you talked about tuning out noise. Some noise is good. Some is advice. Other noise is just garbage. And there are people that have their own self-interest in mind. So ultimately, like how did you balance all of that and say to yourself, like when Trevor Reza is saying he wants me to go to, that UCLA would be great. Is he saying it because he's a UCLA guy or is he actually believed that? It- nah, those guys, honestly, they just offered me the best advice they could. Um, mm-hmm. UCLA just ended up being the best decision for them. So they mm-hmm. only pick what's best for you. And that ended up just being what it was. But um, I'm not one to be easily influenced by anyone. Uh, I'm my own person. Um, I take what I think first and foremost, and I put that out there. And then I'm open to advice from other people. But um, I'm just my own person. I know what I want. And UCLA had a lot of the things that I wanted. Speaking of speaking of outside noise, and I want to talk about the bad outside noise a little bit. Um, the grown men hitting you up on social media. What is that experience like? Because uh, <laughs> it, it just seems like absolute bananas that 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 guys that are in their fifties and sixties will tweet at you. Does it I'm work? Sure, That's the question. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Like even this announcement, like there will be Kentucky fans that are upset. Or I, I don't mean to pile on Kentucky. It, it doesn't matter what school. But just this idea that suddenly strangers on the internet are trying to pretend to be your friend when really all they want is just you to go to their school. What is that like to live in that world? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy because like. It's like once you get good, everybody has an opinion. Everybody wants to be big, bro. Big bro, what's up? Yeah, I've been knowing you since this, this, and that. So uh, my parents told me to do a good job of weeding those type of people out. Um, yeah. I from the start, I know who's been with me. And um, for me, I, I don't really pay too much attention to it. I know I'm trying to make it seem like I'm tunnel vision. I don't hear any of it. I don't see any of it. Nah, I see all of it. But um, my parents just tell me to be selective on what you respond to. But um, as far as all the other people who are inspired by what I'm doing or have enjoyed the way I've came up and um, really put on for our school and our city, um, I always try to get to those. I always try to try to respond to those. If anyone needs any tips on how to get exposure, stuff like that, one thing I always tell them is just get as good as you can. That's all I did. I didn't go out and seek to play this tournament, this camp this, this, and that. USA was my first camp. So my advice to everyone is just get as good as you can. Mm-hmm. And when you went to USA camp, I mean, you go out there, like you said, I mean, you, I'm sure you're aware of the, the names of the other guys that are in the camp because, you know, I think you said in this Ball is Life video, you're always on your phone. So obviously you're, you're seeing all the other guys that, that are in your class and things like that, but they may not know much about you. Did you like that when you went to that camp? Because you were like, you know, I, I may have some fun here because people may not know how good I am. Uh, for me, like, since I was a kid, I've been watching videos because I always like it's something I do. I like to compare myself. So if I see someone who's supposed to be ranked higher than me, I, I'll look at a video and be like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. So I always watch the videos. It's just something about me. I like seeing that. Um, my dad almost had to ban me from YouTube because I was watching. So I was kind of getting in my head. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I'm not really as much. I wasn't focused on that as much. Because my dad had already instilled that in me, but I was I was mainly my main focus was that um, if the dudes didn't know me when I was coming in, they was going to know me when I was coming out. So mm. 
I made I made that a point, and I think I did that pretty well. How much do recruiting rankings matter to you? Because uh, you talked about like kind of watching other guys. Um, you strike me as like we we've, we've talked about the chip on your shoulder a lot, but you you strike me as one of those guys that like in sixty years you will remember every single name that was ranked higher than you on your recruiting. Like you You got me spot on. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. Like, like what those guys in the NBA, they get drafted in the second round and they can list like all 46 people. The Draymond greens. Yeah. Yeah, Like Draymond will know every single name before him. So how do you like, yeah. yeah, How, how much does that motivate you to, cause you know, like, like we've talked about before, you were kind of unknown. Now you blow it up. People kind of know you. Um, it, it would be, and a lot of people in your position, they might let off the gas and just be like, I've made it. I've arrived. I'm going to UCLA. I'm a five-star. I did it. Let's celebrate. You have the, the opposite attitude. <laughs> uh, how, how do you keep that going? How do you keep motivating yourself to, to keep climbing the recruiting rankings and, and going after people like that? Well, one thing I would say is I wouldn't say that I don't think that rankings don't matter because they do matter in certain things. I mean, mm-hmm. before I was ranked, everybody would always tell me, oh, rankings don't matter. This isn't that. It don't matter. The best players always make it no matter what. And I'm sitting here like, yeah, they don't matter at all. But when I got ranked, then I was like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, depending on where you're at, like if you're ranked number one in the nation, I'm pretty sure you're not going to have a problem telling everybody, yeah, I'm ranked number one. Right, right. One ranked, you're going to be, oh, I'm better than him. It don't matter. But um, to me, I don't pay too much attention to it. I mean, I think I'm the best player regardless of anything. Every time I go out on the court, I feel like I show that. So um, that's just what I do. Tate has brought up this ball is life video for everyone watching or listening. Go check it out on, on YouTube. It's uh, it's like 15 minutes long day in the life paid Watson. Um, we watched it yesterday and we, we've talked about your upbringing. Obviously your parents have, have raised you, right? You have a great head on your shoulders, all that sort of stuff. But let's, let's get to the, the point of, of, of all of this, which is the ball is life video starts. You, you say the following. I wrote it down because I didn't want to mess this up. The video starts with this. My name is Peyton Watson. I go to Long Beach Poly High School. I'm 17 years old. We're and we're coming for everybody's neck this season. <laughs> That's how the video. Is. So, my question is, <laughs> no, you, it was amazing. I'm, I'm. It, it just like it, it's like you're two different people because then I, you you watch you on the court and you are just absolutely ruthless as a basketball player, but as a human being, obviously you have like a soft spoken side. Uh, your 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 mom and dad raised you right, all that kind of stuff. Like, how are you such like I don't, don't want to say the word gentle, but like you're. you're if, if someone talked to you on the street, they wouldn't imagine you're the type of guy that's like coming at people's neck, using phrases like coming at their neck. So how do you, how do you balance that life where you're like a, a good person off the court and yet I want to destroy you on the court? <laughs> and I think it's just a mixture of things. Like, like if you see like the way I grew up, like where I grew up at, like all my friends growing up and the type of environment my parents would put me in, you would see why I'm so soft-spoken and, uh, articulate now but um my dad like he got another side to him too so (laughs) i remember when i first started out i would play basketball just how i am as a person and it was (laughs) it was working for me but it it wasn't really doing enough yeah so so i remember like everybody every hooper knows those times after you play a game you didn't play well and your pops is telling you and he told me some stuff that uh told me something that would always stick with me um, he said, there are no friends on the court and you should feel disrespected when you get on the court that the dude in front of you thinks he can guard you. And I, <laughs> that stuck with me my whole life. I was, mm-hmm. I was seven when he told me that. So 
to where I am now. Like, if you look at me, like, I keep a straight face the entire game. I never look happy, frustrated, sad. I just keep a level head because my pops always told me, if someone walks in the game and they haven't been watching the entire game, they shouldn't be able to tell how you're doing. They shouldn't mm-hmm. got 30 points at halftime or if you're playing terrible. Mm-hmm. So that's just one thing my pops told me and that you just got to be a killer on the court because at the end of the day, everyone's trying to accomplish the same goal here and everybody's trying to kill you. So it's either kill or be killed. Mm. I was going to say, with Mick Cronin as the head coach, who might be trying to <laughs> yeah. kill the officials. I mean, yeah. having that having that mindset <laughs> might be perfect. You know what I mean? He's like, this guy, he gets it. He gets it. Uh, <laughs> I want to bring up Peyton. You also, uh, you were on the show Blackish, and you were in a, a basketball scene, like an AAU basketball scene. And, and this was, I went back and watched this episode, a clip of it. I mean, you look like you're a star. So if, if basketball doesn't work out, is there is there a future in acting at the end of the day? Can you be the next Cameron Diaz? I'm not going to go that far. I mean, <laughs> okay, good. What I, was doing, I don't know what was going through my head. I was kind of young, but I mean, the camera came towards me and I knew it was my time to shine. So I had to, <laughs> I had to give a sheet of answers, something like that. But uh, nah, I'm just not camera shy or anything like that. So if there's like cameras in my face, like this whole time, like with all my videos and stuff, I'm on the camera like this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just an outgoing person. I'm super extroverted, and I, I like to be I like to be around people. So that's how I'm here. Sounds you, great for UCLA. UCLA. Yeah, UCLA is a perfect fit. I'm I'm excited about this. We're uh yeah we we got to ask you about the G League, Peyton, mm-hmm. because uh, th- this is another thing that's kind of dominating news is is a lot of these guys, a lot of five star guys, guys in your position, are choosing to go to the G League, take the money. Uh, not deal with all the the nonsense of college of having to go to class and not being able to profit off your name, all that kind of stuff. Was this something you ever considered, one? And two, you're still a year away from going to UCLA. So I'm not trying to like be a downer to UCLA fans, but you're, there's still a year to go before you're going to go to college. Like, Is that something that you will consider down the line? Or is, is this a firm commitment to UCLA that, that you're definitely going to school? Uh, I'm, I'm 100% committed to UCLA. I know that mm-hmm. the that's the route for some people um, and everybody has their own race that they're running. But for me, it's important to me and my family that I go and I get my education at such a prestigious university. So for us, we want to go, we want to, um, we want to learn some stuff. And obviously college is a fun time. So um, my parents always stressed that to me. They wanted me to experience that the same way they did. Um, they're both college graduates. So, for me, it was it was locked in stone that I was going to go to college. But as far as my thoughts on the G League, um, that's the right decision for some people. Some people want to feed their families right away. Some people want to work like pros already. And I, I understand that 100%. So salute to those guys who are taking that route and pioneering this whole thing. They're very, very brave. Um, and uh, I'm excited to see what they do. I'm rooting for them. And Peyton, one last thing I have to ask, uh, just from just a curiosity standpoint, you grow six inches in three months. What? It, how much did your life change just being six inches taller? Is there anything in particular? I mean, did you have back <laughs> problems? I mean, what? what is Because it just seems like such a wild thing to happen in three months. The crazy part is, and I was just thinking about this the other day, is that as a freshman, I had crazy growing pains. Like some games, it'd be so bad that like, I didn't even want to go out there and play. So my knees were hurting bad. But the funny part is I never really grew that much. So like when I did grow this past summer, I didn't feel anything, which was kind of crazy. So mm-hmm. for me, it was just kind of crazy because I woke up one day and I'm 
seven now, and I still feel like I'm six four. So I'm walking around thinking I'm six four, and then I'm having to duck my. Head. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking over at my friend who's about the same height as me, or maybe a little taller, and I'm watching. I'm like, dang, he's a big kid, bro. And then I'm thinking, like, I'm walking around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, dang, I really am a big dude, but uh, nah, my life, my life changed for sure. Um, I think it would have been good either way. Though. Are Are you yeah. prepared for a lifetime of Kevin Durant comparisons as a as a <laughs> skinny guy that plays on the perimeter? Is this something that you have prepared? This is this is something basketball people do. If you see a skinny guy, you say that's Kevin Durant. And I know what you're talking about. And uh, I'm not mad at it because that is my favorite player. But I understand how hard it is to be Kevin Durant. Um, I saw him in person when he came to my game. Yeah. Six eight, whatever they like. Listen, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like I'm six eight. That guy's seven I think, foot. <laughs> tall. I, I think he's still growing. I think Durant's like the only guy to like continue growing in your thirties. Like he's gonna, he's just gonna keep growing over over. Uh, before we let you go, we got to ask about Coach Cronin a little bit because he is a friend of the program. He has been on our show before. Um, as Tate alluded to earlier, he has a reputation as a bit of a fiery personality. I'm curious. What was the recruiting process like for Mick Cronin? Because I could see it going one of two ways. He's just a straight shooter. He's the guy we see on the sideline that's yelling at refs, that's yelling at J.P. Mercuro back when he was in the Cincinnati-Xavier rivalry um, and, and, and all that. But also I could, you know, in college basketball recruiting, you want to win people over. So maybe he was nice. Maybe there's a soft side and he was schmoozing you a little bit. What was it like interacting with how, – how was Mick Cronin behind the, the scenes? Yeah, the yeah. recruiter. What is that like? Uh, he's super straightforward, super bluntly honest as you would expect. But, like, I got to say he's one of the coolest coaches ever. I could talk <laughs> 30 minutes straight just about different things. Like, he called me when all those riots were going on. We were talking about Black Lives Matter, all this other mm, stuff. Nice. He's just a super cool guy, super personable. Um He's aware of stuff going on in the world and um, he's not afraid to talk about it. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. And I, I love that he's such a fiery person because I myself am like that. Mm. Um, my high school coach is like that. And we don't necessarily get into it, but he challenges me. I accept the challenge and I come back at him and when I do it. I'm like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. So that's how it is for me. I mean, I'm not scared to be yelled at. I've been yelled at my whole life. I'm not, I'm not built like that where I'm soft. I'm going to break down if you yell at me one time or say, yeah. it's not going to hurt my feelings. Do, do, do you feel like you're unusual in that regard? Because it seems like the modern era of college basketball, all the coaches are trying to basically be players coaches. They're not necessarily trying to coach guys. They're not trying to be like father figures, so to speak, or, or, or whatever. They just kind of want to be your best friend and they don't want to yell at you. And they don't, that seems to be like, like the, the days of the fiery coach. Like if you go back to the eighties, there were a million fiery coaches that were yelling at their play, whatever. Uh, and it feels like the, the modern, the stereotype would be that the modern college basketball recruit is soft and can't handle that. Did you feel that when you look around your peers that a lot of guys like can't handle being yelled at, can't handle being pushed? I'm not going to put anybody out there like that. I mean, we're all coaching different. <laughs> what about uh, your brother? Let's just talk about your, maybe, what about him? <laughs> it's the worst of it because he gets it for me and my dad. So, <laughs> so he's, he's adapted to that. He can handle it really well. Um, we kind of know how to handle those types of situations. Yeah. Um, for us though, it's like being coached hard, I mean, that it's going to bring the best out of somebody or it's going to fold them. And um, for me so far, it's only brought the best out of me, and I only continue to do that. Um, the higher you get up in these levels, these dudes are going to be more and more honest with you. And I think that it's just very, very important 
very, very important for you to get that experience before you get to the league or somewhere like you got to go to the Spurs and Greg Popovich the first the first day he's cussing you out and you're like, well, dang, I didn't think. It <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna know what to expect. Um, I've been coached in all those ways, but um, like I said, I mean, college is fun and stuff, but at the same time, it's a business. Like it's these coaches' job to coach, so. I understand that. And like I said, I'm there to hoop and they're there to coach. So our relationship outside of that could be whatever. We could be best friends. But when we're on the court, it's like we got to get this done. And we mm-hmm. got and that the ultimate goal is to win the game. Well, if you're a UCLA basketball fan, you should be pretty excited about what you're hearing right now because this is uh, the future of UCLA basketball, Peyton Watson. And uh, I, I know that I'm fired up and I'm not even a yeah, UCLA fan. Uh, no, we're, we're fans today. We, we should point out. We are regulars at the Pavilion Club. Peyton. We are, yeah, this, yeah. We're we're at games. Yeah, this has to be the start of something. Can we, can, can you can you make that commitment as well? Can, can we get two commitments out of you? One to UCLA. Uh, can we get a commitment to Titus and Tate as well moving forward? That like this is like in my in my head, we're coming to your post game press conferences, and you're not answering anyone's question but ours. Like you're, like someone asks you something, and you're like, I don't answer that. I only talk to those guys. And then we stand up and we're like, what's up? Peyton? We're like, no questions tonight, Peyton. Great yeah, game. No questions. Yeah. We're just, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's, uh, that's how this has to work. I, I think, I think we scratch each other's back, you know, like we'll be your mouthpiece. We'll be, we'll mm-hmm. be hyping you up as you, whatever you need. Presses. And then, uh, you just give us access and only us. I, I think that's the, the situation here. <laughs> More of a conversation and less of an interview. When I got to sit up straight and talk yeah. formally, um, I just like to be myself and, uh, I love how um, I'm allowed to do that on you guys' show, so uh, we're definitely locked in. I love it. Whenever you guys want, want to have me. We love it. Uh, you are the number one recruit in the country, according to Titus and Tate, so there you go. Don't, <laughs> don't get mad at us. We're putting out our recruiting rankings. You're number one on our list. Uh, congratulations, Peyton. I know this is a, a very exciting day for you. You you are a future UCLA Bruin. I don't even think future. I think now you're, you're actually – You are a Bruin, yes. That's how it works. Um, congratulations to UCLA, Mick Cronin, everybody involved. Uh, much success to you moving forward. Congratulations on getting to this point. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate that. Thank you guys for having me. All right, Tate, there it is. Peyton Watson is going to UCLA. This is, uh, according to our research, this is the the biggest recruit that Mick Cronin has landed since uh, Lance Stevenson in 2009, I think. I think Lance Stevenson was considered slightly better than Peyton Watson is now, but there's still, there's still time. There's still time. There's still tons of time, and I will say this. I mean, born ready being the guy that you're compared to as far as uh, commitments, that's not a bad place to be when we're talking about natural talent and impact on the game. And obviously, you are a well-known Pacers fan, so you remember the good old Lance Stevenson with the Pacers. So, uh, yeah, I love the idea of Peyton Watson going to UCLA. I love the idea of Mick Cronin being in the five-star game. And I just love the idea of you and I being in the recruiting scoops business. Because <laughs> I we, love it. We never I thought it. that we would be here, and here we are. It's so great. Uh, Mick, can we talk about Mick Cronin a little bit? This yeah. the, the last uh, what would we say two years of his life now that um, he he gets the Pretty job. Remarkable for Mick Cronin. Yeah. What a what a turn that has happened here. That he he gets the job at UCLA. I I still don't believe that he's the head coach at UCLA. Yeah. Everyone thinks that I was shitting on him initially. Uh, for for being for you or I was shitting on the decision to hire him by UCLA, which I guess technically I kind of was. It was more of just like if you paused when UCLA fired Steve Offord and you stopped right that just froze time right there and you asked me who make a list of all the guys who could eventually take over for him. I would have put McCrone in like somewhere in like the three hundred to four hundred range of like names I would have listed. It just like it just my brain couldn't comprehend. Like a Cincinnati guy uh, through and through, becoming the head coach at UCLA, it was crazy. Yeah. And then, uh, 
And then, like, as, as the season progresses, like, I'm still kind of getting used to it. He comes on our show tape, and I, I bring up that point to him of just, like, this is crazy, right? And and his whole stance of, seemed to just basically be, yeah, I, I agree. This is kind of crazy. Like, I, he, he, he was never shy about the fact that he was their sixth option. He never cared. He, he leaned into it a little bit. He, he all that kind of stuff um, made him super likable in my eyes and put put us in a tough spot because we're JP McCura guys. Yeah, yeah. Also Mick Cronin guys now. And I don't know, but the, the Mick Cronin, the arc of Mick Cronin and, and just the redemption these last two years and what he's done at UCLA, and especially like last season, they start his first season, they go eight and nine to start the season. It's Jan- on January 15th, they're eight and nine. Uh, he decides to bench Prince Ali. And suddenly they just start ripping off wins. They they finish eleven and three in their final fourteen games. They were they were a buzzer beater away from winning the Pac-12. Jonah Matthews hits the buzzer beater for USC on the last day of the season. Um, if that doesn't go down, UCLA wins a share of the Pac-12. It's it's what a wild roller coaster it's been. And now Mick Cronin's landing five stars. UCLA might be back, Tate. Yeah, UCLA is definitely back. And I think that's the funniest part about the whole thing because it doesn't fit the narrative of UCLA being back. In our minds, UCLA being back is, let's say, a young Steve Lavin type going there and, you know, wearing, you know, suits, you know, Gucci suits and all types of things, dropping bags and being Hollywood. Mick Cronin went there and he told the world he went to his first concert, you know, when he, when he moved out to L.A. So this yeah. guy is walking into a, a cultural vortex that you would think would eat him alive. But instead, like you said, he's embraced it. He has enjoyed the fact that he's the underdog, it feels like. And it, it seems like he can relate to a lot of these kids in California because, I don't know, they probably have never had a coach that will be as blunt and blatantly yeah. honest with them about everything when it comes to the game of basketball and also have the fire to push them. Because one of the things you and I have always talked about and kind of laughed about with the, the modern UCLA maybe minus Alonzo Ball years, was it just seems like they all were nonchalantly playing a game of basketball, right? It yes. did not seem yes. Yes. as if they were uh, practicing and fire. It just seemed like, oh, we have to play today. Oh, that's what's up. And and then we get worked by Kentucky and North Carolina yeah. and all these other teams that are playing at a different rate. And uh, the pace is different with Mick Cronin. The, def- the defense is different. And you mentioned Prince Ali. He was the, the guy in Maui that looked like he was the team leader. Mick Cronin's yeah. not afraid to say you're not. You're shit. done. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care about if you're a senior status or whatever. And he takes Chris Smith, puts him under his wing. Chris Smith, you know, develops into one of the best players in the Pac 12 last year and has a real shot of being a good NBA player. And I mean, I don't know. Mick Cronin was never known, in my opinion, to be a, a guy that develops talent. I think, if anything, there's so much talent that's going to come to UCLA. If you put a coach like Mick Cronin on their ass, there's a real chance that they could become great. And sometimes those guys need that push. And Peyton Watson, he told us to our face, he wants that push. Yeah. And I think uh, Mick Cronin obviously provides that. And I find that fascinating because it seems so anti the actual culture of the school at this point. Remember in Maui when Cronin didn't come to any of the luau's? And the- yeah. <laughs> I do. It was amazing. It, it seemed like it was a sign of bad things to come. You know, it seemed like yeah. we're going to have a big story of Mick Cronin wants to leave UCLA. Uh, so here's the forecast for UCLA next year. Uh, uh, there will be a season as I laid out the plan that they're going to do the PAC 12 bubble in Vegas. Is, is that where we're going to do the PAC yeah, 12 yeah, yeah. bubble? Yeah. That sounds great. Um, yep. Yeah. From Reamer. Yeah, yeah. So next year when there is a season, uh, UCLA basically brings back everybody. Tate. Uh, they, Olashinsky and, and um, um, Prince Ali are like the two guys they lose who, Again, by the end of the year, who were already lost, know, they yeah. weren't playing anyway. So when when you're talking about last year UCLA, obviously positive vibes only. We're focusing on the the second half where they got hot and were uh, maybe going to sneak into the NCAA tournament and and 
contended for a Pac-12 title. Those that group of guys is basically all back. They're all going to come back. That's that. That's your Chris Smith, your Cody Riley, your Jalen Hill, your 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 Hawkes, your Tiger Campbells, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Juzang transferred from Kentucky. He's eligible, right? He's yep. eligible right now. Yeah, he got yep. he got the the waiver because he's from he's a local kid. He's from he's a here. Harvard Westlake kid. Yep. Yeah, Studio yeah, City. Yep. Jake Kyman forgot about him. Um, the answer. He's he's, yep. he's back. Uh, so there, there's a there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about UCLA next season because it's basically yeah the, all the all the the team that was playing well plus Johnny Juzang who was a he was a five star right yeah coming he's a five star yep coming out of and then he went to Kentucky and kind of struggled to crack the rotation but I don't feel like Kentucky fans hated him from what I could gather no the, like there was, was actually a lot of people that wanted him yeah. to get more PT there was kind of like a, a reverence for him because they never saw him play so there you know how it works it's like yeah, the yeah. it's the QB two syndrome it's like if I haven't seen him throw I think he can throw better than that guy right. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of people that are like, why can't Juzay get out there and play? And uh, yeah, so he should have a real shot to get real minutes. And like you said, he's in his backyard, so it should be more comfortable. Back home and comfortable. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can't imagine like, yeah, growing up in L.A. and then going to Kentucky might be a culture shock. So he's back mm-hmm. in L.A. Um, but yeah, UCLA is going to be pretty good. But then moving forward, when Peyton Watson, our guy, shows up on campus in two years, in two, two seasons from now, whatever, however time works. Hawkes, Campbell, Juzang, and Kaiman will all be senior state. And then you're dropping Peyton Watson, a five-star, the best recruit that UCLA's had since Lonzo Ball, probably. Yeah, we'll um, see that. That sounds good, Lonzo Ball. Yeah, so that makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, you're dropping him in there with those guys. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited. I, I, I've never been more excited to go to the Pavilion Club three times throughout a season and uh, drink too much and then not get to my seat until there's like 14 minutes left in the first half. I cannot wait to do that. It's going to be the best. And, <laughs> you know, we go to the CBS classic every year because both of our schools are in that and UCLA is also in that. So we always see UCLA in that. And I feel like since 2016, we've been watching, you know, UCLA, we, we were in the Memphis regional, like the, the whole journey from Steve Alford from there to the end, you know, last year in Chicago at the CBS classic, that was the last time we saw him coach at UCLA. Like I think he coached one yeah. more home game at Pauly and then he was done. And it's like that whole ride to UCLA felt like a very just drab stretch, you know, where yeah. you're just kind of, I mean, obviously the Lonzo year was great, but it just felt, you know, like something was not quite clicking. And then, uh, yeah, at the end of this whole thing, Mick Cronin was able to take all that negativity and somehow two negatives equaled some sort of positive that's come out of this where it's like, Mick Cronin is now a likable coach at UCLA that that has had Knicks with the, the guy that ended up the third guy that goes to the G League, the point guard. That was a big commitment for them. And he was, you know, kind of out of nowhere that people were like, oh, wow, he's going to go to UCLA. He's going to go to the G League now, but he potentially could come to UCLA if if the NBA situation kind of falls through. So um, I don't know. There, there's there's a lot of positive things going on for UCLA. You and I are very excited about it. And uh, for people that can't tell, this is the Pac-12 update of the year (laughs) this is is the ucla pack 12 update that you've been waiting for it finally happened but we just got to figure out the under armor thing that's all that's left is we have to figure that out and and we we get that figured out it's smooth sailing i think it's just tough because like the under armor like if there's not a pandemic you just tell under armor kiss my ass cut Mm -hmm. ties with them get your Mm -hmm. get your buyout whatever and then go to nike and be like all right pay us and and away we go but I feel like none of these these sports – there's not a shoe brand that's, like, excited about spending money on college athletes or college programs right now, you know? I only The only thing I will say about this, and the only, the only thing that I see is possibly happening to save UCLA and also bring back UCLA even harder, is if Converse comes into the picture and yeah. says, 
We want to come there because this is what Kareem wore, and we want to have it converses sucks. on all the UCLA kids. And you know, and it's just a completely blown out thing. But that's the only hope we have. Yeah, I, I, I just think like, uh, yeah, under normal circumstances, they're they're getting out of the Under Armour thing because they're like, all right, well, screw you. Like, why would we want to stay in business with? Even though we, you know, we we have every right to yeah. to make you honor this contract if you're trying to get out of it, kiss our ass. But if they get out of the contract, like, is anyone going to pay them that much money to make? Mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I don't know. So I, I feel like they're going to have to stick with Under Armour. I feel like this is just like going to be a messy marriage for the next however many years. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, make- it's going to be messy, but at the end of the day, right? I mean, if you have five stars rolling in and out, you're winning games. Who knows? People may love Under Armour and UCLA fans may be like, this is the best era of UCLA basketball. So. Can we get Mick Cronin to just like go? Can he be the first college basketball coach to shit on a shoe brand? Mm. I would love that. Like, just go mm. full heel. Like, use this contract to be, uh, yeah, just a, a full heel. Like, just subvert the whole thing and just just like i hate under armor i can't i, I guess it's probably in his contract yeah well i mean we'll just wear it all but don't like yeah let, let's just tell him to pull a force majeure and then we'll force see uh, we'll, we'll see what he does with that because we don't we're not really sure what that means all the time so we'll just tell him pull that and uh yeah we'll see what works uh anyway congratulations peyton watson five star going to ucla congratulations mick cronin bruins fans uh everyone on down the line congratulations to us we got to yeah, we we're did it we finally excuse me any any recruits out there listening uh, if you want us to devote an entire show to you, that's all it takes. Just come on our show, make your announcement, and we'll do a whole thing about how great you are. And you're not you'll you'll shoot up the number one. What what happens if someone in 2021 um, wants to do a recruiting announcement with us, and then we have to decide whether that guy or Peyton is our number one recruit? That's mm. gonna be tough. Mm. You, you pick one, I pick the other. Well, yeah, pro- and also yeah. like Peyton's number one because he picked us first, so yeah, he's first true. in my heart forever. Yeah, he'll yeah. be first. He'll be first forever. Uh, all right, shout outs, closeouts. Uh, shout out to Cousin Sal. Uh, Cousin Sal is uh, a guy that you and I both know very well, uh, a show I used to produce against all odds. Uh, Cousin Sal is leaving to start his own network, the Extra Points Podcast Network, uh, Sports Gambling Network. He's taking Harry and Parlay Kid and Brother Bry, all the greats, uh, all the great characters there um, to, to launch this whole thing. Jim Cunningham Jim as well, Cunningham, uh, yeah. a guy that has been on our program plenty of times and a guy that you and I deal with maybe way too much in our lives. Uh, so shout out to all of them. Uh, they're great people doing great things. They've always been hilarious. They've always been great to you and I. We used to do our, uh, you know, college basketball March Madness picks with, with all those guys every single mm-hmm. year. So uh, they're to the program always and forever. And uh, they got a new thing going. So go support them. Yeah, it's great. I, I The thing I've always told Sal and I will tell other people about Sal and his, uh, as it pertains to his gambling content is I'm a guy who does not gamble, but I enjoy listening to him talk about because a lot of a lot of the gambling the sports gambling content if you don't gamble it's kind of boring and mm-hmm. stupid and mm-hmm. everyone just talks about their bad beats and like you know I, but but they make it fun and uh you don't have to gamble at all and that's what I've you don't have to know what the vig is to, to yeah, have a good yeah time. it doesn't matter yeah. it doesn't matter and it doesn't matter whether you have anything on the line or anything else yeah just the way they talk about it just is very well, they're real people that are hilarious in real life. Yeah. And uh, you and I have learned that that we like people that are like what they purport themselves to be in real life. So mm-hmm. uh, Cousin Sal is one of the best. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the Stallings family. Uh, talking about longtime friends of the program. Kevin Stallings is, is a mm. hero of ours, near and dear to our heart. Uh, <laughs> former head basketball coach of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pittsburgh Pirates, Pittsburgh Panthers. His he, son, he was the coach of the Pittsburgh Pirates. The reason I'm shouting him out is his son Jacob uh, is the starting catcher for the Pirates now, Tate, and um, is is throwing guys out trying to steal. Played baseball in North Carolina for people that don't know. He's great, a Tar Heel. Great catcher. Uh, 
so shout out to just the Stallings fan. As as we know, Kevin Stallings is a big softball fan. He he organized softball games at Vanderbilt just so he could crank homers off on his team yeah exactly. <laughs> the best and uh it, I, I assume he's retired now is stalin's retired is it a forced retirement is it a it's force a force majeure <laughs> yeah of sorts yeah it's a force majeure of sorts he, he, was he can always come back <laughs> bring him back it was an act of god that sent him into retirement and that act of god's name was the acc <laughs> <laughs> every coach they see was like yeah get this guy out of here <laughs> was going 0 and 18 in the ACC yeah, and that's that it. retirement. But uh if it is if that is goodbye for good from Kevin Stallings, uh he's gonna enjoy, his, ride. He's gonna enjoy ride. his life. His son is playing major league baseball and, and starting for the Pirates. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, he's doing great. <laughs> he's doing great. He's doing great. Uh, I was trying to th- I was trying to think of a way to say uh uh yeah, like the pirate does it count as majors if it's the pirates, but you know it counts. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it counts, it counts. Uh whew, yeah, I want to shout out to Vince Carter. I know I mentioned this um uh, about a month ago, his retirement, and I know I mentioned it probably a month before that and maybe a month before that, but yet again, uh he retired NBA, again. <laughs> well, the NBA or or TNT, they put another package out and it was with all the players from the bubble thanking Vince Carter for his contributions to the game. It was like a three-minute package. And, I, and it literally came out on Friday. I watched the whole thing. It was beautiful. But I want to point out, this guy continues to ride the greatest farewell of all time. I mean, how many times can we do these tributes? I don't know, but I want more. And I feel yeah. like they're coming. I, I don't know. It's because he didn't get a farewell tour. Everyone wants to do more for him. And uh, I'm enjoying it. So yeah, sure. it's weird because usually the farewell tours are kind of orchestrated by the guys. Yes. Like, Yes, Kobe it is Jeter. not. It is it is completely by these brands and things that want to just get the retweets because they like they yeah. know that Vince Carter content will get them likes and retweets. So they're like, all right, let's put a video <laughs> together and then we're gonna put a we're gonna put them the dunking dunk here. Yep, yep, got it. Retweet it. Yeah. Retweet it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing else going on, so you could just go to that well. Always. Yeah. So if you have to tweet Carter. something, there's nothing else to tweet. Just tweet like Vince Carter made it official today by officially. Yeah, yeah. Today is the one month anniversary of, Vince of Carter. when Vince Carter decided Filing to retire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> For the next year and however many years, always. What are, are the chances that he signs with the team in the bubble greater than zero? Yes. I think yes. they have to be. I think I you have, have to say they're like, even if they're 0.5%, like that would be. There's, there's like a real good chance that, in my opinion, Rondo never comes back and then they need like a savvy vet to come in there and LeBron plays the, like LeBron probably puts his own media clip together of Vince Carter highlights. <laughs> He's like, this guy has been so much to me. <laughs> and then Vince Carter joins the Lakers. He wins a ring, and then it's like the perfect That's farewell. And yeah, and yeah. then after he wins the ring, everyone does a goodbye <laughs> yeah, a farewell yeah. again. Yeah, and it's like in tribute to Kobe Bryant. It's like yeah. <laughs> like what Kobe would have put out of Vince Carter. Yeah, it's like them yeah. two together growing up. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. They they <laughs> <laughs> the passing of the torch. Yeah, I don't know. Vince uh, Carter has figured it out, is what I'm saying. It's been great. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, I want to shout out Coors Light. They just delivered a bunch of beer to me. That's it. That's the wow. story. Uh, wow. I, I, I got a surprise delivery. They, I, someone knocked on my door and I opened <laughs> it up and it was four cases of, of Coors Light. And mm. um, so, uh, jokes on you, everyone who told me, all the adults when I was growing up, that shotgunning beers uh, will never get you anything. I, mm-hmm. I shotgun one Coors Light on the show, Tate, and they sent me four cases of beer. So. Yeah, shout and, to- and and shout out to the people that told me not too long ago that we couldn't get sponsorships like Coors Light and Miller Coors because we got them. Yeah. We got yeah. them. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank message you, Coors to the Light. Haters. <laughs> yeah, message to the haters. Message to the haters. I'm going to shotgun every one of these goddamn beers I had sent to yeah. me. Yes, and yes. You can all suck it. <laughs> Sponsored ad. 
<laughs> Message of the haters. <laughs> Anything else? At JJ Reddick. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's my last one. That's my last that's one. Shout out to it. Vince Carter again. I'm gonna go put my own package together of my favorite Vince moments. <laughs> um, but other than that, this has been great. Shout out to Peyton Watson. Shout out to Peyton Watson. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to UCLA. I I shout out to West Coast basketball. Um, yeah. I'm very excited. We we finally shout got- out to shout out to sports, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big sports guy. I I I think if you listen to the show, you know that at this point that yeah. I like sports. Huge huge sports guy. <laughs> Always have been. Um. I need sports back and yeah. I, you know, this is, this has been bad news today, the, the MLB situation, but we're going to prevail. We're going to find a way. I don't mm-hmm. know what the NBA is going to do. If, even if they make it through the bubble, then what are you going to do for next season? I don't, I don't know. We, we don't need to cross bubble. all those bridges. Um, I'm really trying to just, because like having th- this weekend was the best, like it was honest to God in all seriousness, it was the best weekend that I've had since all this quarantine has started. Mm-hmm. And it's not a coincidence. It's because I could sit on my ass and watch baseball, flip mm-hmm. it over to these NBA scrimmages, watch some golf, mm-hmm. watch the, the the Premier League, the the lads across the pond trying to just to stave off relegation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 always, uh, Hate to the, see that for the lads. The, the lads. <laughs> Hate to see Um Just being able to sit, like it just a, a small sense of normalcy returned in my life. And this idea that the Marlins are all testing positive uh, mm. is trying to to shit on that. And I'm not saying we have to, I'm not trying to be one of the, I'm not a Corona truther that's saying just like put your head in the sand and charge forward. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, you know, if, if, if the circumstances dictate that we have to cancel this stuff, like obviously that's the smart move, but um, God, I hope they can find a way. Yeah. Find a way. I hope they can Please find, find a way. way. Just we, bubble we hope- it up. Bubble it up. And speaking of the bubble, on our next show, we're going to do a full NBA preview mm-hmm. preview of the bubble, like actual basketball talk. Because uh, you and I, for people that don't know, we do watch basketball also. I know that we joke around here on the show, but we do watch basketball. We like talking about basketball. We both uh, enjoy playing basketball. So it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about these NBA teams. I know there's a lot of NBA reporters and commentators and people out in the world, but you and I are going to have a fun time with it. So uh, that was. A should, we, should we like do it? Should we pretend like it's March Madness and and like fill out a bracket and fill out our bracket? Oh, oh, I mean that would be absolutely hilarious because we put that up and immediately every single yeah. game <laughs> people just come at our throats. Uh, the, the problem with the NBA is that everyone is so talented that talented that actually anything is possible and i know that we made that yeah. joke in the last episode but there is like jr smith today is like seven from nine from three dude you know, i i happens, you're gonna lose we were talking about it like three months ago what god time really has melted yeah. my brain but uh i made the point that that playing in orlando under those conditions i feel like shooting is going i, I haven't i haven't looked at the stats from these scrimmages or whatever but as a shooter myself as a as a sharpshooter flamethrower um that backdrop of like a smaller arena having like a stationary backdrop there's not fans no, it's not it's a amazing distance. there's no depth perception there's the, you're not playing in a huge no, arena yeah yeah i feel like shooting would be so much easier and and maybe it's just anecdotal evidence that i'm seeing but uh i'm seeing a lot of these like like basically Duncan is not missing. Yeah, Jared. Duncan is not missing. Ben Simmons is hitting threes. DeAndre Ayton is yeah. hitting threes. Javel McGee is hitting threes. Uh, yeah, the Bull Bull is hitting threes. You know, it's exactly what you're saying. I mean, there, there's one of those. It, someone made a great point today. Like, what if Kawhi, the Kawhi Leonard shot happens in the bubble? You know what I mean? Where we get like this, the ball bouncing four times and goes in, and then they're gonna go to the finals, and there's no fan reaction. There's no one. There's no reaction <laughs> it's whatsoever. Like, it's just gonna be and so the players, weird. The yeah, players can't touch each other. They're not allowed to dogpile because that spreads. The, yeah exactly they can't really so they air it. high five and they just start <laughs> yeah and it's gonna feel very empty uh in that sense so i don't know it's gonna be fascinating to watch but i do think the basketball like you're saying there's a chance that a lot of guys that are considered not so great like a dante divincenzo 
or like a Shake yeah. Milton, guys that yeah. have never been in the playoffs, so you expect them not to have great playoffs. They could have a really good series because they don't have to go on the road and deal with fans, deal with all yeah. the other stuff. It's just and like then, I'm in the bubble and I go to my room. Or spot-up shooters that just suddenly just like will not miss because yeah. the – Kyle Korver goes. might shoot 90% yeah. from yeah. three. <laughs> yeah. There's no fans. There's no pressure. There's no – like as the playoffs get here, you don't have – Drake sitting courtside in like a big set of of like Magic Johnson on ESPN. Like, you're also not going out the night before because yeah, you're in yeah. Your, like there's so many things that are external you don't feel the buzz are, yeah of the playoffs to where that's gonna mess you up. So you don't have to worry about that. And then also the depth of perception, you can just shoot. You're making a great point. Some team should sign me. Like I think I would be yeah, great in the bubble. Up, I think up. shooters, shooters. I think you're, you're making. Raise a your point. hands. Uh, all right, we're gonna do that. We're gonna break down the NBA uh, on on Friday. That's gonna be our our main topic of conversation. Assuming nothing super crazy happens between now and then. In the meantime, congratulations, Peyton Watson. Congratulations, UCLA. We're all very very happy for you. Go Bruins. Go Bruins. Go Bruins.